0: You're listening to God and Comics, the most uncomfortable hour you'll spend all week that doesn't involve Twitter. On today's show, we discuss the philosophical phantasmagoria that is the 2003 graphic novel Heaven's War. Plus, our recommendation this or that, and a whole lot more. I'm your host, Father Jonathan Michigan. I am chaplain at St. John the 23rd College Preparatory in Katy, Texas. On the line with me today is Father Matt Stromberg. Father Matt, where are you?
1: I'm the rector of St. George's Episcopal Church in Schenectady, New York.
0: And also on the line, as always, Father Kyle Tomlin. Father Kyle, where are you?
2: I am the rector of Church of the Messiah Episcopal Church in Fredericksburg, Virginia.
0: Well, welcome, gentlemen. Welcome to God in Comics. How, how's everybody doing? Doing
1: all right. Surviving. Well, yeah, surviving, you know. Hold up in the bunker down here in Schenectady. Uh, all
0: right. Well, we're gonna we're we got a lot to to get to in today's show, so we're gonna jump right into it with our recommendation. Take it away, Father Kyle. Okay, my recommendation
2: today is a uh, new miniseries that has begun. Six of the twelve issues have been published, called The Batman's Grave. It is by Warren oh, yes. Ellis and Brian Hitch and uh, Kevin Nolan. It is something that has been missing in Batman for quite a long time, and that is a really good detective story. Um, If there's one characteristic of Batman that seems to have fallen away in the last 10 years or plus, it's been a sense of having Batman be the Dark Knight detective that he's always referred to as. Um, This is a really strong detective story that um, is visually beautiful i love brian hitch's art Mm. and the art actually drives the story more than dialogue does it has a very cinematic feel great action scenes um really cool scenes of the bat cave just superbly done in terms of the visual effect of it um ellis's story is also good it it begins with a decomposed body that batman Uh, has to go and investigate at an apartment building. And it begins leading down a dark trail of a suicidal mobster um, on down to Dr. Death, who is a character that we haven't seen a whole lot in Batman comics in recent days. He made a little bit of an appearance in Snyder's run, if I remember correctly, during the New 52. But um, Dr. Death is a very old Batman villain from the 1930s and 40s. Uh, He makes another appearance not only is the mystery worked in here of what's happening with regard to these murders, but there's also a a secondary story that's at play that has to do with Alfred's concern that someday he'll have to bury Batman. Mm. And so it's a strong attempt on Alfred's part to find some way to get Batman to stop being Batman and to let the police begin to take over all of the things that, that, you know, Batman seems to assume responsibility for. So um, as I said, it's only six issues in at this point in time. I've only read four of the six. I have not gotten the other two yet. So we're only about halfway through the story. So there's not a lot more that I can tell and I don't want to give away too much. Um, One of the very cool things that you see in this story is that Batman thinks through each of the crime scenes that he's at, putting all the pieces together. This is kind of an element that we haven't seen from Batman before. You can actually hear him processing the various clues and putting his interpretation on what's happened. And then oftentimes the victim will start to do the speaking um, a, as the one who said, well, yes, I did this. And you know, this happened as a result. And, um, and it's just a really cool look at the way that Batman's mind works. So um, well worth reading uh, for the story and for the art as well. So I highly recommend it.
0: That sounds very cool. i I do miss Batman detective stories, so yeah
1: yeah I, I've been loving loving this book and and I, and I was just waiting for. Uh, Kyle, to recommend it on the on the <laughs> program. Warren Ellis and, and Brian Hitch, of course, are the the minds behind the book *The Authority*, uh, which which I recommended on 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 the show, and it's a great great comic book. And um, famously, um, they created kind of a, a a parody of Batman, a spoof, *The Midnighter*, as an uh, Apollo and Midnighter to. Uh, characters from the authority that are like Batman and Superman. So it was really pretty cool to see Warren Ellis and Brian Hitch take on the real Batman and do it in in a in a uh, a stellar way. Um, Everything that that um, Kyle has said, you know, I would I would second. I've just been loving this book. I kind of, I kind of hope they end up getting
2: a a run on DC or on Detective Comics or Batman at some point in time. That would be mm-hmm. awesome. Several um, several of the Batman websites have said that this is another classic in the making, much like Hush or year one or mm-hmm. something like that. So
0: it used be cool. to be, and maybe I'm just like coding this differently in my mind now. Uh, and if I go back through my old issues, it won't seem like that. But it always used to feel to me like that like the big difference between Batman and Detective, was that Detective was really where you would get those stories, where he was solving things, and there was sort of procedure to it and mystery to it. Mm-hmm. And whereas the Batman book itself would be like, okay, there's some other story that's happening. Whereas like mm-hmm. in more recent years, it's just seemed like either they were two different stories that were going on different trajectories, or detective just became another place for the Batman story of the moment to spill out into.
2: Yeah, that's pretty much what's happened. Yeah, there was back in the early 2000s they attempted to do that split again, and it didn't really last very long. But uh, certainly in the 70s and 80s, that tended to be the general distinction between the two books.
0: So I want to welcome to the program our guest uh, today. Our guest is Doctor Doctor Michael Martin. He is a philosopher, a poet, a musician, uh, a biodynamic farmer. Uh, he is also the director of the Center for Sociological Studies. Welcome to uh, God and Comics.
3: Thanks. Nice to be here. Uh,
0: so whenever we have a new guest on, um, I always like to ask a couple of background questions that make sense for a show called God and Comics. Um, so... Let- yeah let's start with, with God and we'll move to comics. So, um,
3: God's <laughs> on okay. the show too. He's, uh,
0: he, yeah, he's, he's always very happy to be here. He sits in with the band a lot of the time, <laughs> okay. you know, um, are you, do you, do you have a particular religious background or, or faith background?
3: Yeah, I'm Catholic.
0: Oh, okay. Um, okay. Me too. And
3: I, but my, uh, my Ph.D. is in early modern English literature, so I always tell people I'm basically 47% uh, 17th century Anglican because yeah. I, I work on the metaphysical poets and Robert Herrick. In fact, I always think of uh, my spirituality is, is, is uh, similar to Henry Vaughan's, but my personality is hen- similar to hen- uh, Robert Herrick's, if you know those two poets
0: then l- let me ask you uh about comics um d- do you you know we're gonna be talking of course about Heaven's War which is obviously a book that you know very well but uh d- do you have much background just in general with comics like what's what's your history
3: with comics uh, I don't have a, like an extensive history with comics I uh you know except when I was a kid I had a gazillion comic books hmm. um In fact, I kick myself when I think about all the comics that I let go over the years. You know, how much money they'd be worth now. You know, Um, and so I read, I mean, I, I read tons of comic books as a kid, but you know, I'm of the generation who didn't have graphic novels to segue into. So when we finished with comic books, we were finished with comic books, you know, and we got into girls. And, uh, <laughs> I like yeah, that. You know, but, but I was, a, I was a Waldorf teacher for 16 years and I have nine kids, you know, so, so I kind of relive comics through them when they get to uh-huh. a certain age. So I have six boys of the nine kids. I have six of them are boys and boys tend to be more into comics than girls. And, uh, I was teaching at Mary Grove College, and I was direct. I was the curriculum director for, what was the name of it? The, the Institute for Arts Infused Education, and I was uh, developing curriculum that was artistically informed. But and I was I had uh, quite a few graduate students working on it with me, and one of my students, I uh, can't even rush, what was his name. He uh, he said, Professor Martin, you have to get in the comics. Comics. You got to check out these graphic novels. I said, I don't know. And he was actually a designer, or he was a story uh, writer for for a graphic novel, and he had had his friend was doing the artwork, and he got he he tried to draw me into it, and it was very pretty fascinating because we started. He got me to start using comic stuff in uh, in my teaching. For instance, uh, when I was teaching physics to eighth grade. Rather than have them write up an experiment, I couple you know once in a while I'd have them uh, represent the, the experiment as a comic. <laughs> and some of those are really pretty entertaining. Um, and then uh, you know so you know I've always had this kind of awareness of graphic novels, you know, comics for grown-ups. And uh, a few years ago, I had a communication from uh, an Eastern Orthodox bishop who had read one of my books, the, the Submerged Reality, and he saw, you know, references to more or less esoteric Christian thinkers like Robert Flood in there and Jakob Burma, and he asked me if, if I had ever read this graphic novel, or Heaven's War. I said, I said, no, I haven't. you should check it out. You're the only person I know who would understand it. So, so so I, so, I, so I got a copy. But then uh, I was teaching a course this last semester that kind of got turned into an online course halfway through. And it was a course for checking into, uh, like, an English major, like, Introduction to English Studies. So there's a little bit of everything. There's poetry, there's short stories, and, you know, linguistics, other stuff. And I decided I would do a graphic novel, it as well and I figured I would do this one because look I mean it's got magic, it's got Tolkien CS Lewis and I've, you know most kids I think <laughs> all, all the kids I know you know have, have read at least CS Lewis or Tolkien. so they know about the habit so that might be I thought that might be an interesting thing to bring to them. And as as it turns out, most of the kids had never read Tolkien or C.S. Lewis.
1: <laughs>
3: Are you actually real American kids? <laughs> Are you sure?
0: Well, let's uh, let's get into Heaven's War a little bit. Um, so this is a a 2003 graphic novel. Uh, it was published by Image, which I thought was interesting in and of itself, um, and it's. Um, by a guy named Micah Harris, who I had never heard of before. I, I went and looked him up, uh, and uh, he, he's hard to track info down about. But apparently, he was about 42 years old when this was published, and this was okay. his his first foray into comics. Uh, oh. So, as a guy who um, who is uh, 40, this gives me hope that my my future <laughs> career is is ready. But um, uh, it's it's also drawn by uh, Michael Gatos, who, um, is who uh, is one of the co-creators of Jessica Jones, and okay. um, d- you know drew that comic, um, and has drawn a number of other other things as well.
1: Um, Pearl, Pearl that we recommended here on the show, right? With, yeah, with Brian Michael Bendis. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. So Michael uh, already mentioned a, a little bit about it that it has Lewis in it. It has uh, Tolkien in it, it has magic, it has Charles Williams, it has, uh, Aleister Crowley, uh, I have to tell you, um, I am, uh, a person who loves comics, I am a person who loves, uh, C.S. Lewis, uh, I enjoy stories that have magic in them, And I consider myself reasonably philosophically and theologically literate. And I have not got a clue what the hell I read in that book. No idea what happened uh, in that whole thing. So, uh, (laughs) who would like to explain it to me?
1: (laughs) When when I read the description of the book, I thought, oh, it's 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 a book about the Inklings. It's going to be all about C.S. Lewis, right, or Tolkien. I mean, because those are the two guys everybody knows. Mm-hmm. But really, the protagonist of this book is the much lesser known member of the Inklings, Charles Williams. And it, it, it reads. I, I'm a fan of Charles Williams' novels. He he he, he writes. Um, he's written a lot of. Like, They're described often as supernatural thrillers. They're kind of like these philosophically, theologically dense uh, novels that that, you know have very occult and supernatural themes in them. And and I always thought, like as comic book fan, man, uh, you know, one of these novels would make a great graphic novel. Like War in Heaven is is the first one that I read. This is is Heaven's War. Or a great movie, even. But the, this is like the closest thing to a Charles Williams graphic novel mm-hmm. that, that I, I. It's very Williamson, e, Williamsyan, or however you want to call that. It's and it plays with a lot of his themes. So if you're not familiar with Charles Williams, this uh, graphic novel could be a little disorienting and a little, yeah. um, a little confusing. He, they do. They do provide a, a helpful
3: kind of footnotes in the back of the right. book. Well, also there's you know there's a lot of uh, I guess what we could call the occult revival mm. because if you don't know mm-hmm. if you know this that Charles Williams had been a member of the Golden Dawn, that, the esoteric magical kind of quasi masonic order, and so he actually knew. In fact, he was in the same lodge as Aleister Crowley, and. I believe Yates was in the same lodge. Only maybe they weren't there at the same time but but uh, that they were all there was the, was their circle. And Fiona McLeod, oh it's his name William Sharp, you know, the the the, the writer from the the Celtic Twilight. Hmm. Um he was part of it. Evelyn Underhill, right? Evelyn Underhill was part of it.
0: Evelyn Underhill?
3: And, wow. Yeah. Okay. Bum, bum, bum. I've heard that as well, yeah. But but Williams stepped away from it and you know moved toward a more orthodox Christianity afterwards. But that's part of what happens in the graphic novel in the beginning when they encounter AE Waite, Arthur Edward Waite, the kind of prolific occult writer, was really a scholar. I wouldn't call him he was not like a Crowley figure. he was really scholarly and I think I I've read this. I don't know if it's true. I think he 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 too eventually migrated toward more orthodox Christianity, um, even though he he still his his orthodox Christianity was more still peppered with uh, kind of uh, esoteric uh, group kinds of ethos, you know. So, but that was interesting. You know, it's um, that time in history. You know, kind of like uh, in the. The '80s and '90s with the new age, the the occult revival that happened in the late uh, 19th, early and 20, early 20th centuries, kind of an interesting time um, where people were 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 exploring these kinds of alt- alternate spiritualities that were still somehow connected to Christianity, at least tangentially, not entirely, um, some some more, some less. But interesting, I, I was preparing for this last. Last, well, I read it last winter, a couple of years ago I picked up this book called uh, The Oxford Book of English Mystical Verse and I think it was last winter, I decided I was going to read through the whole book, usually I don't read an, an anthology cover to cover but I figured you know, it must be a nice thing to do f- for winter <laughs> and I'm reading it and it starts off with you know Richard Rolle and uh, Julian of Norwich and other kinds of mystical writers that we're all familiar with. But then the later in the book, there's there's even poems by Crowley in there. And there was one that I was familiar with, uh, which is his name. Uh, I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but, but some people who were connected to the, the, the mystical Freemasonic order, or orders, I should say, in the late, 19th, early 20th centuries, and I'm thinking, what are all these guys doing in this book? They were, nobody knew them as poets, and so I I looked up the the, the editors of the book. Their names are D.H.S. Nicholson, about about whom almost nothing is known, and uh, the other guy's name was what was it? A.H.H. Lee, hmm. and Lee uh, was uh, was it was an Anglican priest. He was a vicar. And both of them belong to the Golden Dawn. Mm. so this and so this is kind of the milieu from from which uh, Williams was coming, and that in, in this graphic novel Heavens War that is that's kind of recreated there. Mm. And, and with some of the actual historical figures, though I don't know how much uh, tolkien and uh, and Lewis would have been involved with this but they, they were friends with, with William, so they knew about this stuff right yeah and, but it's interesting because now, now uh matt you said you read uh war in heaven yeah and this is really based on war in heaven
1: it is it is i mean yeah. there's there's this similar kind of theme like um uh in, in war in heaven there's this this kind of ragtag group that includes like an archdeacon, a duke, and a publisher. Yeah. And, and, and they're kind of defending uh, the Holy Grail against this, this other group of like dark, satanic type figures that right. want to use it for nefarious yeah. ends. And so this, this graphic novel, Heaven's War, is similar because, you know, instead of the ragtag group, you have the Inklings, it's C.S. Yeah. Lewis it's charles williams and it's it's talking and they're recruited by arthur waite they're alerted to this plot um that's it's really if you're a fan of the da vinci code yeah there's a lot <laughs> of overlap here a lot of overlap it you know it involves the priory of sign and i mean we we don't need to get into all that crazy stuff but um, Alistair Crawley is the villain, right. <laughs> and he is trying to um, – what is he trying to – he's trying to he, – there's this gate into heaven, and he's going to get into heaven and um, – And start a war. And start a war. Well, and I, start a my, war. my
0: impression was that it was, it wasn't so much that he was going to start the war as he was going to try to tip the balance of the war yeah. between God and Satan – you know, because there's there's definitely a rumination in this on time and divine time versus our time, and how the the war that we mm-hmm. think of as already as either in the future or already done, depending on what part of scripture you're looking at, uh, is right. is still sort of simultaneously happening. That's part. Of, that's one of the conceits, right? Or am right. I okay?
1: Williams follows. into this gate. And, and so they're in, they're in heaven or they're in limbo, something sort of like the gateway of heaven. Um, and, and so it's a little confusing when the book starts because in entering this gate, Charles Williams becomes like unstuck in time. Right. Right. Kind of like, um, if you've read the Kurt Vonnegut novel, um, slaughterhouse slaughterhouse five, five right Billy Pilgrim is just sort of leaping between different moments in his life um, and 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 Williams is sort of doing the same so it's a little fragmented and, and it comes together as the as the graphic novel progresses
3: yeah and also uh, you know what I think to me it's also interesting in, in the graphic novel is how the the narrative and the Crowley character play upon Charles Williams' guilt, hmm. you know. So there's a that's to me that's one of the more interesting uh, psychological, but also Christian themes in this graphic novel is what do we do with guilt? You know what I mean? And 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 that also figures into Williams. Uh, I think he calls it the doctrine of substitution. Right. His guilt over not being not going to World War One because of um, heart murmur or whatever he had, whatever his problem was, he he was 4F. He couldn't go. So he feels guilty about that. He also feels guilty uh, about affection he has for this woman who is not his wife, you know, which he doesn't (laughs) act upon, but but he's got guilt about it.
1: Well, and and there's some sort of kinky stuff going on there with he's. <laughs> That's, we
0: leave that for a different show, Father Matt. That's a <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs>
1: but but I mean, it's part of it's part of Louis. Uh, it's part of Williams's uh, biography. But um, so this is a big theme in 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 Charles Williams, and especially if you've read his novel, uh, Descent into Hell. This the the, the the doctrine of substitution or his idea of co-inherence. I, I've I've read Descent into Hell, and that's a big part of that 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 novel. Um, it's based on kind of like it, you know w- uh, Charles Williams has this kind of fascinating but kind of idiosyncratic theology, very, right? So, yeah, very much. Um, there's a, there's a verse in Galatians about bearing one another's burdens. Yeah and um charles williams takes this idea i mean which is a biblical and a a christian idea and he really he runs with it and so he believes that and so he connects it with um the word spoken to christ on the cross that said he saved others let him save himself and 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 williams's idea is that um, we can't save ourselves. We, 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 we have to be saved by another. Um, and it's in sharing one another's burdens. Um, so, so, um, so it's this idea like, um, and, and, and he taught this concept to C.S. Lewis, and, and C.S. Lewis takes it and he applies it in his marriage with Joy Davidson, his, his, his wife, who was suffering from cancer. And she had horrible pain in her legs, and uh, Lewis says that he he offered to bear that burden for her, and so he took on her pain mm-hmm. and carried it for her. Um, so there's this there's this idea that's very important in Charles Williams, and he even had a whole like kind of group called the Fellowship of the Coherence, where he he would say, you know, uh, Kyle, you're going to share. Uh, Jonathan's uh, fear of spiders. You're going to take <laughs> that from him, and you're going to bear it, and and, and Jonathan's not going to be afraid of spiders anymore, and and, 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 and um, yeah. Jonathan is going to give his um, ad- addiction to Pop Tarts to uh, Kyle, and, <laughs> and, and and he's not going to, and, and and Kyle's going to bear that for him, right? So so that that's and that's a huge part of this the way that Charles Williams is, it's like the hero of this graphic novel, mm-hmm. this, this idea.
0: Is that, so the phrase that, that, that keeps that uh, uh, Crowley keeps throwing back in his face. Um, what was it? Uh, Everything is thou, or something like that.
1: This, this yeah. also is thou. This
0: also is thou. Is that right. connected to the the thing you were just describing, the coherence, or is is that something else?
2: This is very Crowley language. So um, I have not read a lot of direct Crowley stuff. But um, there's a Led Zeppelin biography. And by the way, Alistair Crowley is the man on the cover of the fourth Led Zeppelin album, yeah, the Four Symbols yeah. album. Um, but in reading the uh, biography, When Giants Walk the Earth, there's a lot of stuff because Jimmy Page was a, a Crowley devotee. Um, there's a lot of stuff in there about the theology of, of um, Alistair Crowley. And that tends to be an, a common expression with him. This um,
1: also is thou. Yeah. Interesting. I mean, yeah, he's got he's popular with the with the rock bands. I mean, they the, the album starts and Pepper shows up.
3: <laughs> at, the, the graphic, point. that's funny. It's really funny. Yeah. In, in the graphic
1: novel. Yeah, he's holding it, and you know the well. You you have to read it, but but the, this also is That's also from Charles Williams, like he has this kind of idea, like. Um, like positive and negative approaches to God, so like everything, all, all, everything in creation, in some way, is uh, a reflection of God. Um, so all all the experiences you have, so this also is Thou. Um, and, and, but but all, but the other half of it, this is, is not you, you know, it's, it's sort of like, Mm -hmm. you know, this is, this reflects you, but it, 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 um, it doesn't exhaust who God is. It's
0: almost, Um, it almost sounds like, uh, cataphatic versus apophatic theology.
1: Absolutely. And I think that's probably exactly where, um, Charles Williams got it. But, but Crawley kind of uses this in, a satanic and nefarious way to sort of say like, look, Charles, there's no difference be- between good and evil. Like your, mm-hmm. your, your evil is my good. This also is God, Right. you know, and he's he sort of, he's trying to mess with Charles Williams by using right. his, his own kind of beliefs against him in a, in a satanic kind of uncle screw tape sort of way. <laughs> right. Yeah.
0: Even he keeps <clears throat> quoting, uh, he keeps quoting Chesterton. Crowley keeps quoting Chesterton. With this line yeah, about with, with, the floor, uh, you know, like a chessboard, uh, yeah. the, the good versus the evil. Is it a, a white board with black squares on it, or a black board with white squares on it? And of course, like the thing uh. that was funny, funny to me about that was thinking about, you know, how uh, even the devil can quote scripture. Uh, as we know, right? Uh, that's you know when our Lord is uh, in the wilderness, the devil is quoting Scripture at him as a as a way to try to tempt uh-huh. him. Um, but it also made me think of all the like angry trad uh, fanboys on uh, on the internet who are like constantly quoting Chesterton, like like he's you know like, and I was like ah, even the devil can quote Chesterton. <laughs>
2: Well, thank you for speaker. saying that because I wondered what the chessboard bit was. I didn't know that bit about. Chesterton.
3: But that, but that also. But, but I think it's not just Chesterton. It's, it's also uh, the. It's the floor of of the of a Masonic temple.
1: Oh. And,
3: the, and I think oh. I'm not sure if the golden dawn. I think the golden dawn has the same kind of floor. The, 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 Interesting. The, and hmm. if you if you and that part, actually I'm just looking at it right here in the book, it's on page 82, where that floor. Which you see the angels, and the in the big panel on the left on eighty two, and then you see how that kind of gets projected into uh, Williams' experience of World War One, mm. I mean, and uh, as mm-hmm. we were talking, so that so those those wars, the the war, even though they happen at different, and this is the other thing that happens in, in the graphic novel, is it, it's so. Uh, a sequential, almost like a Quentin Tarantino movie, right? Mm-hmm. Where, uh, which is the, that was actually one of the toughest things for my students to to get their heads around. Wait a minute, didn't just this just happen, Professor Mark? You know, uh, but I think that's one of the things that uh, Williams explores in in his novels. But that it's really going on in the graphic novel is. Um, what do we do? What is time, and what is our relationship to time, uh, both chronological and kairotic, Right, you know, in in, our, in God's time, in, mm. in transcendental time, where there is no time. So, so the, those things are always, uh, kind of simultaneously happening. Happening, and what what I think happens with the Williams character in the graphic novel is he slips in those moments. in not into God's experience of time, but something like that, Mm. which is why I think time gets shattered and the the past and the future and the present kind of mix up a little bit.
1: It's it's beautiful. There's this scene in the graphic novel um, where in this kind of eternal state Charles Williams uh, participates in the Eucharist, and and and, and I, you know, I think that's a powerful moment because it it says something about the, the uh, about the nature of time, in in relation to our celebration of the Eucharist. Absolutely. You know, in that moment, you know, yeah, it's it's twenty twenty, it's it's May, uh, it's June or whatever it is, but. Also, um, we are participating with Christ in his death. We're, we're participating with him also in the age to come, like sort of time kind of collapses in it on itself, and we're in a, in a, in a kind of eternal moment. Um, and, and that's where the exchange kind of happens with, with, with Charles right. Williams.
3: Well, I mean, the, the Eucharist is a, I mean, the Holy Grail. It's mm. tremendously, you know, the chalice is tremendously important to him. In fact, the first thing I ever read about by Charles Williams, gosh, I bet this was 30 years ago, was, uh, was it the one he did with C.S. Lewis, Talisman Across Logris? Do you know that one? I don't. It's a, I think it's an essay by C.S. Lewis on Arthurian legend with a kind of poetic meditation by Williams. Mm. Which is really, it's, it's uh, probably, the, in a way, it might be one of the best things I've read by him, but it's very, uh, um, almost like T.S. Eliot, in the in mm. a way. It's just so plugged into an imaginative world that you have to participate in, it doesn't come to you as mm. the reader. So you have to move there, but but but, the, but all through his career, and I think um, this uh, sacramentality that you're talking about is and and, and, and uh, the war in heaven. I mean, it's all about the Holy Grail, right? Mm-hmm. And, and and that also ends with the Eucharist. hmm hmm And spoiler alert: the archdeacon is basically assumed into heaven at the end of that. <laughs> That, that, at, at, at the Eucharist, that's that's in in the in that book is performed by Prester John. Yes. Right? yeah this is kind of a cool thing. Who is and <laughs> Prester cool. John? Is is just like a priest, right, Is simultaneously Christ at the same time. I mean, it's it was an interesting moment. I was reading it. I was like, "What do you mean?" I said, "Oh, like, like in the Eucharist." <laughs> I get it. <laughs> right. <laughs>
1: You know, it's and it's you know I read that book, uh, War in Heaven, not to be confused with Heaven's War. This is this is the novel by, by Charles Williams, War in Heaven. I, I read that book. Back, gosh, I was like twenty twenty three or whatever, and I and I liked it. I enjoyed it as like kind of a cool kind of supernatural thriller. I read it again just recently, and it was a whole other experience for me um, now. Yeah, you know, ha- having the having more of the background, and 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 um, and and now being now being ordained as a priest, it it it, it wow! That 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 book just kind of hit me in a whole other way. It's 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 a beautiful book, and and, and for especially for our, our God and Comics listeners, I mean it's it's uh, read read both of these together. <laughs>
3: and, and I think yeah, I think it's I, that's a. I would love to teach this again and we can read both together because they're certainly commentaries on each other in a way. But also, you know, the other part that that kind of uh, uh, is endearing to me about both the novel and the graphic novel is this uh, ecumenism that's in there. They're in both, right? So in in, uh, the graphic novel, you have the Catholic Tolkien and mm-hmm. the, everybody else is an Anglican except A.E. Wait, we're not sure what he is, but he's a good guy. So he's got this esoteric thing, esoteric Christian thing going on. Uh, similarly, in uh, War in Heaven, you know, the Duke is is Catholic. Um, the archdeacon obviously is is, is an Anglican, and and, it, and they're all and they're all trying to work toward to toward the good together. Mm. You know, and and, uh, and I think that that's and that's what, what's beautiful when uh, Prester John shows up and performs the Eucharist. Wait for all of them together. <laughs> yeah, he does. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Now and 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 Tolkien in this in this graphic novel is <laughs> he's sort of like the he's sort of a curmudgeon he's sort of the lovable curmudgeon like. Most of the dialogue that he has is him calling various people heretics. Like, oh gosh, <laughs> I never liked that witch doctor, Carl Williams. Yeah. <laughs> and then you know, and and, and you know, Wade's talking to, he he could barely stand to be in Wade's presence. Uh, he's a Freemason. Gee gring, get yeah. me out of here. But but um uh, <laughs> but then, you know, he's he's telling them about the Da the, the Vinci code type plot with the uh, uh, the the Priory of Zion and everything, and and Tolkien's basically like what kind of blasphemous nonsense uh-huh. it's just the whole time he's sort of just sort of the curmudgeon in in, in the book. Um, meanwhile, C.S. Lewis is sort of, um, if not the protagonist, he's sort of like. He's sort of like the the um, the moral compass of the of the story for Charles Williams. He's sort of, you know, when 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 he's in his, Charles Williams has to struggle with uh, Crowley in this kind of spiritual chess match type thing, and and it's it's uh, C.S. Lewis that sort of like his 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 guide into victory in a, yeah. a lot of ways.
0: What was what was Charles Williams' uh, uh, denominational background? Was he an Anglican? He was an Ang-
1: pretty sure he was. Yeah, 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 yeah. he was an Anglican. I, although, like I said, an idiosyncratic kind of Anglican. I mean, he 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 writes. Is there any other? One kind? of Yeah, right. Exactly. Um, <laughs> he, he writes a bo- a wonderful book on church history. That's a really pretty interesting read called "The Descent of the Dove." One of his, his his nonfiction works that that, that I've enjoyed, um, but yeah, yeah, he was he was an Anglican, um, but uh, the, if if you've read the, the um, Humphrey Carpenter's uh, book on the Inklings, he, he 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 C.S. Lewis was enamored of Charles Williams, and they they just like you know C.S. Lewis read his book The Place of the Lion. And w- and wrote him this fan letter, and then they they really hit it off. Um, Tolkien, um, and it's reflected in this graphic novel. It never really kind of got along much with Charles Williams, and part of that was just because he, I think they had disagreements. But um, I have yeah. the sense maybe that that also Tolkien resented kind of uh, their friendship. Like he thought he felt kind of like yeah. He was dropped.
3: <laughs> yeah. I remember reading something about the inkling when they get together they read their, their stuff together and <laughs> Tolkien would be reading an excerpt from, from Lord of the Rings. And Williams would be there with his with his pint saying, Oh, not another bloody elf. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs>
3: yeah. But interesting actually another an inkling we haven't mentioned, Owen Barfield.
1: Yeah, he doesn't make an appearance.
3: I'm surprised, but but a friend of mine uh, interviewed him. Barfield, maybe hey, ninety three or ninety four when he interviewed him, maybe is older. And he and I re, I published this interview in Jesus the Imagination four years ago, I guess it was. And in uh, there, he you know he's old man. I mean, I think it was just a couple of years before he died, and uh, he was talking about how much he missed C.S. Lewis. You know, so Lewis must have been kind of the the center of that group.
1: Yeah. You know? Yeah,
0: that's always you know, the, the heart I've had. The
3: heart of that group.
0: Yeah.
3: And it's it's one, I mean, I think there's another example of ecumenism, right? So you got this, this oddball Anglican Charles Williams and Roman Catholic Tolkien and uh, straight up Anglican C.S. Lewis and this anthroposophist Owen Barfield, whose uh, whose daughter was the Lucy from yeah. *The Lion, the Witch, mm-hmm. and the Wardrobe*, right?
1: I met I met Michael Ward Ward recently. Yeah, He's sort idea. of like a, a Lewis scholar. He wrote the book um, *Planet Narnia*, mm-hmm. and um, and uh, 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 we I had dinner with him, which was really kind of cool. So I, I asked him about Owen Barfield. And um, I said, you know, what? What can you tell me about Owen Barfield and and, and he and Lewis's relationship? And um, he he said he had the opportunity to meet with Owen Barfield. Owen Barfield was very gracious, um, and um, he went to Owen Barfield's uh, funeral, which was which was um, held in an Anglican church, um, but it it had. It, there, there were some anthroposophical kind of ceremonies attached to it, or something like that. That, that Michael Ward described as hocus pocus. <laughs> but, um, but he asked. Uh, he said, um, "C.S. Lewis was once asked, um, you know, what what anthroposophy was, and he said, I, he's like, I believe it has something to do with horse or Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> What? What did he? What is, does, does that have something to do with I,
3: biodynamic it, farming? Or? It absolutely. <laughs> cow Yeah, it, it has everything to do with it. But uh, wow. I th- what, I, what I heard is that uh, Barfield's trying to tell C.S. Lewis to, to, to see what S- Rudolf Steiner had to say about Christ doing this, and, and Lewis said, "I could listen to him about, about cow manure, but not about Christ."
1: But but Owen Barfield, along with Tolkien, was sort of – wasn't he responsible in some ways for leading Tolkien uh, or um, Lewis along the road towards Christianity? I think so. Yeah. Um, um, So, I mean, Owen Barfield, he's an interesting guy. um, And his books are a little harder to find than some (laughs) – a little harder to understand.
0: Well – um, I don't know that I understand the book any better now than I did <laughs> when we began, but this has been very interesting, uh, and uh, I, I appreciate the the thoughts. I I, I wish that um, I, I wish that I knew more about uh, Micah uh, Harris and 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 uh, Michael Gatos and what what their uh, philosophical, theological ideas or underpinnings are, because it's it's sort of interesting to try to pin that down, you know? Did you?
3: Well, the notes, I I was reading the notes before we we, we got together, at the back, the footnotes, I guess you could call them, or the endnotes. And it sounds, they sound at least moderately Christian. mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, sensibility. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, it, it's, it's, you know, it's a graphic novel that's
1: where I think our, our, our listeners would like it. If you like theology and you like comics, this is, it's not one, it's not like you don't read it like, like a Batman book and put, sort of put it down and be like, Hey, that was, that was a fun read. It's sort of like, I, this is one that I'm going to have to come back to and, and, yeah. and I think it bears multiple readings and, and, and I think, um, as it, as it unlocks its mysteries, um, it's it becomes more rewarding. There's there's a ton of Easter eggs in this book, and I'm sure there's just a thousand things like we're 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 missing. I mean, um, he did. He obviously, it's well researched. I mean, there's there's a little book that 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 uh, you know I, I know is probably pretty significant. Uh, the cloud, the, the cloud yeah. in the sanctuary appears yeah. in there that's an easter egg then you have the sergeant pepper album what other kind of easter eggs are there oh uh, what else was? i there mean there?
0: if you're a, a cathar i suppose you'd you'd find a lot of. yeah it
1: well the, and there's
3: lots of Cath. There, there's well there's yeah lots all of interesting history all the priory of science
1: stuff.
0: Mm-hmm. and there's still <laughs> yes. like i mean I, the the female characters in that book in this book i could not tell apart or figure out who they were at any given moment it was. It was like it was really hard to like. Okay, this one is who now, and I, I, you know yeah. what, I agree with that. Yeah, mm-hmm.
2: I would agree I mean, with that. I, I found the art a little bit hard sometimes to discern some things that are going we were on. Two. With it. So, yeah, a little rough. I definitely think keeping your finger in the back of the book, if you buy, I don't know how you all did it when you read it on the Kindle version, but I'm glad I had the book because I think you need to keep your finger in the back of the book yeah, for the yeah, footnotes. Yes. And that helps. sort of helped navigate.
0: Yeah. Didn't know there were notes I until I was done.
2: <laughs> right, right. Which is going to happen with a digital version, right? Right. Yeah.
0: Which is what I had. So, yeah. uh, well, you know, oh well. Um, well, hey, listen, if you have read Heaven's War, tell us what you think. We'd love to know. If you haven't, uh, maybe get yourself a copy, take a look. Um, I think it probably helps, you know, the, 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 uh, info that you've gotten here should help you to get better situated with it, right? If you understand from the beginning that this guy is out of time, um, that I think makes it a little easier to get into. Uh, But, hey, if you've got other stuff you want to talk about, some of these philosophical concepts, uh, God's time uh, versus our time, uh, uh, right versus wrong, uh, Led Zeppelin album covers, I don't know, whatever it is that you want to talk to us about, uh, hit us up on social media. We'd be glad to see you there. Facebook.com slash God and Comics, or you can tweet at us. We are on Twitter, at God and Comics. But we are going to move now to our final segment, uh, This or That.
3: This or That? This or That? Come on, everybody, let's This or That? Batman or Iron Man? This or That? Spider-Man or Superman? This or That? Boxes or Briefs? This or That? DVD or VHS? This or That? Dungeons or Dragons? This and That? Moses or Elijah? This or That? This or That? This or That? Come on, everybody, let's This or That? Huh? Okay
0: okay so welcome to this or that uh, uh, dr. Michael Martin welcome to this or that so uh, I, I explained this to you before we went on the air you, you, are you willing, <laughs> willing to uh, willing to join us in this game
3: okay go for it
0: okay so uh, basically I know, it, basically I will go to uh, each one of you uh, and uh, One of you is going to get shorted because I've only got five of these, and there there are three of you. Maybe I'll come up with a sixth one on the fly. So, uh, but we'll we'll start with um, we'll give you we'll give you a minute to get into it. So I'll start with Father Matt here. Father Matt, a blessing or a benediction?
1: A blessing or a benediction. Well, well, gee, uh, I, I'm I'm gonna say uh, <laughs> I'm gonna say benediction. Um, we 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 just did um, benediction uh, on uh, on Easter Sunday. You know, we've been because of the, the lockdown, um, we we you know people haven't been able to come and and have the. Uh, uh, The holy eucharist you know we've been doing live streams but you know that's just not the same so on easter sunday uh, i decided to to do benediction um and um we we uh did did the benediction of the blessed sacrament and then we carried the sacrament in a monstrance through the streets of our neighborhood Mm. and uh and had the faithful kind of stand in their doorways and, and and stand on the street corners, and it was it was a great thing, and we even got some publicity and stuff like that. Uh, you did. You made the news. We made the news. Really? We, we made the living church, and and oh, uh, yeah. we got on CBS and and uh, and the local newspaper. It was nice. So we we might be doing that again uh, for Corpus Christi. We'll do sort of a shorter procession, but uh, so just you know i'll say benediction so for that
0: i word. have two questions and to follow oh well go ahead Father.
1: well Carl. no we have to add this and father matt had the papal umbrella with him wow oh, had an umbralino <laughs> <laughs> a, a, a member of our parish made an umbralino and uh, which is which is i'm sure you all know what an umbralino is it's a golden uh, okay. umbrella, like with fancy lace on it, sort of very uh, reminiscent of the mummers, I would say. Mm. Um, but, but my music, <laughs> my music, it's, it's to provide a shade over the sacrament. So my music director carried the umbrelino behind me as we processed. He was
0: throwing so, shade wow. on you the whole time.
2: thankfully unlike the mummers you didn't start flapping your cope.
0: no no no. (laughs) so uh okay father kyle next one is for you i want to see if you can answer the classic dilemma that our poor friend archie has never been able to answer betty or veronica I
2: don't know that I can answer that question. See, they're, they're both like opposite ends, right? Um, one is sort of the, uh, and I got to get them straight in my head now. Betty's the black hair one, right? No. No, for, no, no, I got them backwards.
0: Betty's the blonde. Yeah,
2: so Veronica's the black hair one and mm-hmm. Betty's the blonde haired one. Yeah. Okay. But um, then it's. Betty, who is sort of the good girl, right? And Veronica, who's the little wilder one.
0: Veronica's the rich one, right? Her daddy's rich. Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. But she's a little. She's a little. Uh, a little more
2: uh, assertive in her personality.
0: Yeah, a little, a little rougher. Um, okay. Betty is, uh, yeah.
2: Girl next door type. Or more
0: girl next Betty, door. Yeah.
2: Betty's the girl next door, yeah. so I'm going to go with Betty.
0: Okay. Uh, so I, I forgot to give Father Matt a point value for his. So, Father Matt, you get you get 350 points for your answer. Uh, Father Kyle, you get uh, 287 points uh, and a free trip to Disney.
1: All right. Oh, come on. He didn't even know one from the other. Okay. Got he gets the <laughs> Disney trip. I won't yeah, be but able to use that. <laughs> okay, you've got Disney's more points. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay, Disney's closed. It's okay, yeah.
2: Disney's closed. That's COVID breeding ground. I should, I, should be,
0: I should be clear, by the way. Uh, I, when I say a free trip to Disney, I mean a free trip to uh, Bob Disney's house.
3: <laughs> okay. He lives up the
0: street from me. He'd be happy to see you. <laughs> yeah. All right. So... Um, Michael, uh, you think you got a sense for how the game is played at this point? Uh, yes, okay. so here's here's one for you. Uh, so you are the 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 director of the 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 Center for Sophiological Studies, okay? That's, so i'm hoping weird. I'm hoping you'll be able to answer this one for us because of that. Uh, Sophie's choice. Or Sophie's destiny.
3: Think about or Sophie's it. destiny.
0: Mm. Mm-hmm. You know? Does Sophie really have a choice? Or you see what I'm saying? <laughs>
3: oh. oh wow. I guess it's that one then, eh? It's a yeah. thinker.
0: <laughs> Sophie's choice.
3: Does she have a
0: choice?
3: <laughs> Does she? Does she have a choice?
0: I've broken our guess. Yeah,
3: she has a choice. (laughs) Her choice is her destiny.
0: It becomes
3: her destiny, right?
0: Interesting.
3: Right. Is there free will? That's his question. Is there free will? Yeah. I'm going to go with there is free will, so it is her choice.
0: Okay. Mm. That's good. That's good.
3: But I was conditioned to say that.
0: It's true. Uh that's good. I'm gonna give you uh uh five hundred points for that one.
3: Five hundred points.
0: So you've taken the lead. You've taken the lead.
3: There we go.
0: Um okay. One
3: round. Yeah.
0: So round two here, Father Matt. Um so you know, as you know I'm a, I'm a school chaplain, so you know, I'm I, I uh, uh spend uh, most of my time uh ministering with high school students. Um we just had the end of our school year, not long ago. Uh, hard to tell, you know, because we've all been been out of school for so long, but uh, the number of Zoom meetings has gone down, so. Um, so, uh, and you know, a number of our students are graduating. Um, and there's always that question about uh, school or the real world. So that's what I'm post- posting to you. That's your this or that. School Or the real world?
1: Well, um, our our distinguished guest, um, Dr. Martin, has written so much about the real that um, I would be ashamed to say anything less than the real world. I want to experience the real.
0: (laughs) Okay. Ironically, I'm going to give you fake points for that answer. (laughs) Okay. uh 712 points okay thank you good job uh father kyle the season after penta um pentecost or trinity tide
2: well obviously trinity tide is the old term for the season after pentecost i will go with trinity tide just because i like the old
0: tradition There you go. Very good. That is the correct answer. So good job on that one. Uh, 12,000 points. You get 12,000 points for that.
2: Awesome. Awesome.
0: So, okay. Uh, I do not have a last this or that, but we need to give one to, to, um, Michael here to, to finish the lightning round and see what happens. Um, So let's see, what can we come up with on the fly here? Uh, Pickles or grapes? Grapes. (laughs) Grapes. Grapes, that is the correct answer. Very good.
3: You can't make wine out of pickles.
0: This is, see, this is a a good, this is a very good point. Uh, And so you get 150,000 points for that. And congratulations, you just won. Your first oh, game of this I've, or that.
3: I've never won anything before. I'm so happy.
0: You get, uh, as, a, as a prize, uh, you get to go with Father Kyle when he makes his trip to Bob Disney's house. <laughs>
3: Thanks. That's <laughs> yeah, what I've always well, wanted.
0: Load up on tracks I, that you can hand him when he opens the door.
1: <laughs> I, I, got an I got an appropriate reward for, for Michael. Okay. Um, what would what would you like to plug on the show? What well, I, I? don't know. <laughs> what what are, what are your what are your latest projects or what um,
3: what are the books last you have out? Project. Um, I put out an edition of the the chemical wedding of Christian Rosenkreutz. The oh yeah, alchemical romance from the 17th century. That came out a few months ago. I can't remember. Maybe December. Maybe no, it was October. Mm-hmm. It's October and uh, and, and there, there will be a new new uh, volume of Jesus the imagination the journal I edit which will be out in a month or so uh, the theme is this year is the garden the garden and what,
1: what, what kind of journal is it
3: uh, essays literature or poetry and a uh, little bit of artwork you take
1: submissions for that
3: I do. How do people get a hold of you if they want to get uh, into the well, journal? Can go to my, it's on, you can find anything out on my website or on, on Facebook. My website is the Center for Sociological Studies.com. And there's a, there's, a, there's a Jesus the Imagination page there. And I haven't decided on the theme for next year yet. I only, I only put it out once a year because I'm too busy as it is. Um, but this year's the garden. Last year it was Jesus or Christ was the theme. Hmm. i'm still thinking about next year's theme but, but i'll put out a call for submissions by the end of the summer
0: okay excellent well and we'll put a we'll put a link to your website uh on our our show page so, okay well thanks good so uh well thank you uh doctor uh for uh being with us today on god and comics well, thank we you really it was a lot appreciate of fun it. yeah uh, yeah. if, you, if you don't mind sitting there uncomfortably for a moment uh, while we uh, we say goodbye to the good folks at home. Uh, okay. I hope everybody enjoyed uh, today's show. If you would like to listen to the show again, uh, go to goddencomics.com and you can find links uh, like I just mentioned and other great stuff there. We are also subscribable through iTunes um, and while you're on iTunes, Uh, Whether it is the future or the past or the present or all of them wrapped up together in one Does not matter in any of those time periods you can give us a rating and a review and in any In any case it will always help other people uh, To find the show Uh, So even if you go back in time the cave people will better be able to find our show (laughs) If you give us a rating and a review on iTunes Our theme music, which you are hopefully banging your head to right now, is by Father Paul Wheatley, who will gladly pay you Tuesday for metaphysical uncertainty today. (laughs) Until next time, I'm Father Jonathan Michikin. I'm Father Matt Stromberg. I'm Father Kyle Tomlin. And we'll see ya.